You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. My kids love music. Their latest favourite game is dancing on skateboards in our house to Justin Timberlake's song from the Troll soundtrack, basically being blasted in the background. It's not the safest of things, but they do have a lot of fun. I'm not sure how well they'd go if I took them to a proper classical music concert with an orchestra. I'd be a little bit scared that they might not sit still long enough. The Sydney Symphony Orchestra are hoping to change the perception that classical music is for, and this is in inverted commas here, grown-ups. Their latest concert is called The Carnival of the Australian Animals. And joining us to tell us how this can all come about is Linda Lorenza. She's the Director of Learning and Engagement at the Sydney Symphony. Hi, Linda. How are you? I'm really well. Hi. Why is this audience important for the Sydney Symphony Orchestra? Well, the the children audience is is really important because they, of course, are the audiences and the musicians and the supporters of music in the future. Um, but they're also really important because they're the most honest audience you can ever have. <laughs> That's true. And the challenge is if you can engage children, you can engage anybody. Here, here. I completely um, concur with that. So how do you do that in um, a setting that I guess people traditionally think of as you walk in, you sit down, you shut up and you enjoy the music? Exactly. Well, that, that's the way we perceive classical music here in this country. Yet if you go to other countries and, and perhaps, you know, I, I toured with an orchestra years ago to Italy, you know, one of the sort of the, the founding countries of where this music comes from, and people just walk in, they come in late, <laughs> they have a chat, they answer the phone, and all of this is going on while the performance is going on. So in a way we have progressed in terms of we really focus on what's happening in the performance. In terms of children coming to an orchestral performance, one of the most wonderful things is the wonder on the children's faces when they see all of those sounds being made by people with these bizarre objects. So for your children who are dancing around to trolls, there will be orchestral (laughs) music in that soundtrack, yet if they saw the instruments making that sound, they would just be fascinated. And And there's a real uh, physical response as well, isn't there, when you're at a live performance? Yeah, it is. It is. So with something like what we're doing in this next program, Carnival of the Australian Animals, it's the fabulous music of Sansons that's been around for a long time. And what he's done is use the music to tell the little stories of the animals. So we have two pianos on stage in front of the orchestra and they play these wonderful, basically, scales in sync that sound like the roar of the lion. And with the imagination that young children have, um, they picture all of those animals. And then the, the way the harp and the strings and other instruments are used to create the idea of being under the sea in the aquarium, you know, and so you hear all these magical sounds still coming from the same people on the same stage. It is, it is quite remarkable. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Linda Lorenza. She's the Director of Learning and Engagement at Sydney Symphony Orchestra. And we're talking about the benefits of live classical music for children. And in this instance, we're talking about the Carnival of the Australian Animals that the Sydney Symphony is putting on for children. And um, with this particular performance, 
It's being narrated by Richard Moorcroft, is that right? What a treat. I know, that's a treat for the grown-ups. You get to sit there and listen to that voice that we all loved on the news and that we all love on Letters and Numbers. And Richard is just such a lovely person. I've had some conversations with him on the phone and there's a reason why he's doing this narration. He's actually very good friends with Bradley Trevor Grieve and Bradley Trevor Grieve wrote the narration that we're using. Now, Bradley Trevor Grieve, known as BTG, wrote the Blue Day book that some oh, people may know. Yeah, and yeah. his more recent publication is Penguin Bloom. That is um, the story of a family that goes through a very tragic circumstance and is adopted by a baby mag- magpie. Um, and it's actually a very beautiful story and it's now being made into a Hollywood feature film Wow! <laughs> with our very own Naomi Watts. So there's a lovely Australian connection flowing through all of this. But what Bradley Trevor Grieve has done with the script, which I just love and I think really appeals to this age group of children, you know, we, we say five to 12-year-olds, but I think you can stretch a year or two on either side of that um, because he's introducing all of that curious scientific language around animals. So, you know, even words that I can't remember, the the scientific names for kangaroos and marsupials and Australian animals that are becoming extinct. And um, that is something that kids are so curious about. So I think that's going to be something that adds, again, another extra flavour. And, of course, as the grown-ups, we get to hear the lovely Richard Moorcroft reciting all of this. And Richard is quite passionate about the Australian bush, isn't he? Yeah, he is very passionate. I mean, he basically had a tree change. Mm, mm. Um, So you've spoken about how um, you translate it on, on stage for the kids. Is this almost like a, what we call relaxed performances? I mean, do you expect the kids to sit there and be quiet or are you kind of allowing for the fact that there might be a bit of... Look, I wouldn't be surprised if some children stand up and, and gawk forward to look at what the instruments are doing. The other benefit we have in the concert hall is there's an amazing um, inbuilt lighting system where we can create um, mood lighting across the whole hall. So when we're in the place of the lion, we can have a gold aura across everybody in the auditorium. So those kinds of things, just simple colours, appeal to the children's imaginations as well. And there's space in front of the seats if the kids want to, you know, do a little dance or or become the creature. The other thing that we're hoping to do is to invite people in the audience, if they happen to have an animal onesie suit, (laughs) wear it to the concert. Adults as well? Absolutely. (laughs) The musicians don't know it yet, but we're going to challenge them in case they have one at home. So you might see a kangaroo or penguin on the stage. A kangaroo would be impressive. You've also got something called the Kids Activity Zone for families both before and after the show. What's that all about? So what I think is really important when children come to a live concert is that they have different ways to engage with the music. Um, Some children are, are very oral. And, and they listen and they can really zone in on that one sense. Other children are very visual and some children really like to touch things. So what we do in these activities is engage the children with the themes in the music through the different activities. So we have what we call a composing wall. And um, in this program, we have a few pieces from a work called Dangerous Creatures by Australian composer Matthew Heinsohn. So we're going to have a piece about spiders and scorpions and a rhinoceros tango. And... Um, <laughs> 
Um, and so <laughs> Matthew is actually going to be at this activity in the foyer called the Composing Wall. So we have two instruments there and the children choose some notes. Um, just a very simple process of putting magnetic letter names up on a whiteboard and then Matthew will help them instruct the instrumentalists in how to play it. So wow. they'll compose a work and have it played in the Opera House for a world premiere. You know, so that's one of the activities. We also work with um, some um, techno techno gurus, and we have what we call a mobile orchestra. We have a collection of iPads, and we do a live loop and a, and a soundscape activity with the children, so that they can combine sounds through technology. And then we upload all of those to SoundCloud and put a link on Facebook, so that people can go back and say, "Hey, that's what I made up yesterday." So yeah. it goes on and on. We try to have um, exotic instruments that are, are unusual instruments that the children can look at and hear about. Um, I'm not quite sure which instruments we're going to have in that one just yet. Um, and then the other thing we have is a percussion club. And in that, it's it's simple, um, untuned percussion, so tambourines, triangles, drums. And we have little excerpts of the music and we teach the children how to play along. So we're looking at rhythm. So those are the, the main activities that we have happening in the foyer. That sounds incredible. I'm just curious, is this an ongoing thing, the Sydney Symphony Orchestra? I mean, I I know this is a one-off concert, but are you intending, do you keep rolling these sorts of things out throughout the year? Yes, we do. So we actually have three family concerts each year. The one that we did earlier this year was um, Music for Sport, was called Olympian Orchestra, and we were looking at famous classical music that has been used at major sporting events. And for a lot of people, that was really exciting, realising that they knew a whole lot of classical music but they didn't realise that they knew it. And um, and for that, we had the Sydney Swans donated a whole pile of jerseys and so oh. the orchestra was on stage <laughs> half-dressed as a football team, which was unusual. Um, so, yeah, so we had that one. And towards the end of the year, we have another one, which is around um, a children's storybook called The Bush Concert by a New South Wales author-illustrator, Helga Visser, who's from up near Taree. And that explores around 100 different birds that live in this state. And it's the story of the birds getting together and holding auditions to have a concert to cheer themselves up during the drought. Oh, that sounds amazing. It's a beautiful story. And that's been composed by an Australian composer, um, Simeon Mark Ferguson from South Australia. So it'll be really lovely to bring that one to life. Oh, fantastic. Well, it sounds like lots of fun. Linda, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. That was Linda Lorenza from the Sydney Symphony Orchestra. And if you find yourself in the New South Wales capital on Sunday, the September 24th, and you'd like to head along to the Opera House to see the Carnival of the Australian Animals, you can head to sydneysymphony.com to get tickets. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.